Hosanna, a fellowship with Christians. Well, good morning, Hosanna folks. It's wonderful to see you this morning, and it's wonderful for me to share that when we are in the fire, as many of you know, and I can testify to, we're not alone. Jesus is there with us.
One of the Ten Commandments is worship God and worship Him only. Worship is an end in itself. It is not a means to something else. Uh, Karl Barth has appropriately declared that the church's worship is the opus dei, the work of God, which is carried out for its own sake. When we try to worship for the sake of certain benefits that we may receive, it ceases to be worship. For then it attempts to use God as a means to something else. God is not a means to an end, is he? God is the beginning. He is the end. And so we worship God purely for the sake of worshiping God. I just want to ask us a a couple of personal questions to reflect on this morning as we continue to worship God. The first one is very straightforward, very simple. Am I worshiping? Am I worshiping God? You've all, we've all come here, we've all joined together this morning for the sake of worshiping God, for, for hearing, hearing from God encouraging one another, um, escaping the craziness from out there, maybe out in the world, whatever your situations may um, entail. Am I worshiping God, not just externally, but even more importantly, internally, for no other reason than to worship Him? It's okay if you came here this morning hoping, desiring, wanting to receive something from God. There's nothing wrong with that. God wants us to come to him as children, right? He, he tells us to ask him for what our heart's desire is. But when we come to worship, are we worshiping him for the sake of worshiping him? What is my mind and heart engaged in? Is God worthy of my worship? Is he worthy of my voice, my affection, my adoration, my attention, my mind, my body? your love is, Lord. How great is the love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called children of God. We want to drink it in, Lord. We want to take a few minutes to comprehend, if we can, if we're even able to, what that means. We want to complete that circle, that flow of love that you are lavishing upon us, that we would be a people who openly, freely return it right back to you. Let that, that circle, of, that flow of love flow freely here in this place this morning. 
We lower our defenses, we lower our barriers and our walls. Our mindsets that would tell us that we are not worthy, that you will not receive us, that you won't receive our worship for this reason or that reason.
And I searched the world But it couldn't fill me Man's empty praise Treasures of faith Never enough You came along Now satisfied hearing your love. Yes, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Thank you.
We taught you a new song last week, and uh, we want to sing it for you again. This is a prayer right here. Would you pray this prayer with us?
says if you call out if you call my name I will hear and I will save you I think sometimes um, we have not because we ask not and we just stop or we forget or we, we give up um, just keep whatever it is you're pushing through or you're dealing with just keep believing that Christ is possible keep praying keep knocking on the door he instructs us to do that doesn't he yeah, all things are possible. Even in your situation. Say, even in my situation. <laughs> yes. Amen. Who's coming up next? Kelly. Good morning, Hosanna. It's great to see everybody here this morning on this, like, August summer day. Doesn't it feel hot out there? I, I, I mean, I left early and I thought, holy mackerel, it's going to be hot today, but I love it. So um, welcome and welcome to everybody on, um, online with us. It's good to have everybody here. I think every Sunday I see more and more people um, filling the, the space up in here, which is, which is great to see. Um, we have a couple of announcements today. I want to just give you a friendly reminder that the offering buckets are in the back of the auditorium. And also the uh, Change for Change bucket is back there. And that, this, this um, I guess through June, is that right? Through June, through June is uh, going to the mission for VBA, Vacation Bible Adventure, which is to be announced soon what that is. But uh, we welcome any contributions you can make to that. Speaking of Vacation Bibles. Adventure. I almost said school, but we're, it's Vacation Bible Adventure, VBA. Um, this year, we are, I'm so excited to say, we have decided to do an in-person VBA. It's Bolt, totally 80s, a tubular trip through the early church. Now, 80s. The kids that come to this are not going to know what the 80s was like. Right? I graduated. I know, isn't it? But Tony, that's a great setup because it's our responsibility to teach the young children, okay, about the 80s. So um, we're going to have 80s trivia, 80s music, probably big hair, neon colors. Yeah, I graduated in 1980, so I, yeah, my high school pictures, my hair is like out to here, I guess. But maybe we'll show that. I don't know. But anyway. Um, Really excited to say that we are doing this. We also were working on an online option for families and children that um, just to try to honor everybody that might feel safer doing it online. I can tell you we'll be doing it in a very safe manner like we're continuing to do um, here at Hosanna. Um, we need volunteers. 
We need volunteers, and next week we're going to have the sign-up sheets posted out in the lobby for you to sign up to help. Not really sure what everything's going to look, I think, did you just raise your hand? My husband was our first volunteer. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, that's great, you're signed up for sure. Um, I wrote my kids into it, so anyway, we just, we love anybody that is willing to help. And if everything I've just enticed you with, oh, by the way, the early church, we're gonna be focusing on the book of Acts. And we got some cool videos and just some fun stuff, but if all of that is not quite enough to entice you to volunteer, I happen to have inside information that Sherry Allen already has the menu prepared for the volunteers. And she and her team do an awesome job, a totally tubular job, I'm gonna start talking 80s, at sustaining us volunteers through the week. And the menu looks awesome, I can tell you that for a fact. So if all that's not enough, her cooking is amazing. So anyway, we would love to, um, to have you volunteer. And I just have to say, I counted this morning, it's seven weeks from today, which is mind blowing. If I didn't say it's July 11th through the 15th. Probably an important fact to throw out there. So um, any questions, feel free to talk to me. And next week, we'll probably give you another reminder to, to sign up. A um, couple of other announcements. Um, we have a lot of great adult classes here at Hosanna. And today, Tony's finishing up his final class that he's been having at 11.15 over in the uh, Fellowship Hall. Also, we have a new adult class beginning on Sunday, June 6th. Uh, this is going to be taught by Joanne, and it's focusing on spiritual abuse. That class is also meeting from 11.15 to 12.15 through June 27th, but there will be no class on Father's Day. Um, if you'd like to sign up for that, you can do so on the Hosanna's website. Um, and for our online friends, the Zoom information can also be found when you sign up for the class. It will also be offered via Zoom as well. And finally, it's that time of the year where we get to honor our graduates. Um, graduation is coming up. And so uh, we'd like to honor our graduates, graduates on June 13th. If you have, if you are a graduate or know of any graduates, graduates from any level of education, uh, please call the school, the school, oh my goodness. Where are we? The church, thank you, thank you. The church office as soon as possible so we can get you the information that you will need so we can honor your students. Enjoy the summer day, and with that, Tony and Jordan. You know, I take it back. The saddest thing I've heard today is not necessarily that the children coming to VBA don't know about the 80s. It's that their parents don't remember it. <laughs> that just occurred to me. It's like, I am really old. <laughs> and all good music stopped in 1985. <laughs> Sound like a geezer. Speaking of people who remember the 80s, we want to thank Rick McKinney, mm -hmm. uh, who <laughs> decided to bail on us. <laughs> hey, Rick, if you're online uh, for doing a, a fabulous job last week <laughs> in, uh, uh, um, in delivering this, this wonderful message, uh, this about a man who found Moses yep. and uh, whom God met at the burning bush and changed his life. We're going to start with a video. Now, 
this gets tricky because there are different licenses to show a video in the building as opposed to online. When it's online, it's called broadcasting and it requires a different license. I don't know why in an era of pandemic, they're not making all the videos available for us right. in both ways. But right. we're gonna show this video in the building. And those of you that are online, we made it available to you. It's embedded on the website. And is it in the comments section on YouTube, Jeff? Uh, it's in the description. It's in the description. Okay, good. So if you're there on YouTube, you can just um, pull and, and click the, on that during the three and a half minutes during which we will actually go dark. You can watch it at home. Good deal? Right. And then come back here. And then come back. Yeah. <laughs> Don't watch the video and leave. <laughs> They're going to go back. They're going to go back in an 80s nostalgia. Anyway, let's, let's watch. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for applauding that one. Mm -hmm. If you're joining us back online or if you will be in the next minute or so. Wow, deeply, laughter and tears all in one here, wasn't mm -hmm. it? Be the punchline, he said. Well, what's a punchline? A drummer's wife had quadruplets. He wanted to name each one Anna. She asked how they would tell them apart, and he replied, Anna one, Anna two, Anna three. <laughs> There's your punchline. Or how about this one? <laughs> Two cows are out standing in a field. First cow says to the second, have you heard about this mad cow disease? It makes cows go crazy and then they die. And the second cow replies, good thing I'm, heli I'm a helicopter. If I had stumbled over my words, that would have been funny. Funnier, bada bum, you know? That's the punchline. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've always been lousy at telling artificial jokes. You know? <laughs> Life is so funny. I, I make jokes all the time. But uh, when I was a young pastor, I, I tried to, like, you know, look up jokes and tell them. And I told them with the same degree of... Um, of um, mastery that uh, you just heard there. <laughs> so it's Michael Jr., the comedian, saying we should go around telling old jokes all day like bad stand-up comics. <laughs> of course not. Although I'm sure that the world would be, not be a worse place if people did. You know, we'd at least be laughing uh, a little bit. A punchline is simply a way of making people laugh. Mm -hmm. And to be a punchline is to be one who gives laughter to others. And as his story illustrates, it's to be a person who then can create a safe, welcoming space that heals hurts and lightens heavy burdens and invites playfulness. That's what laughter does. I've been trying to do this in my own weird way, uh, pretty much all my adult life, but particularly in the last couple of years when things have gotten a little bit dark and heavy. And, uh, and I find humor to be good medicine for my own soul, so I try to pass it along to others. And I do some of this through Facebook. Here's a couple of the memes that uh, I posted recently that just tickled other people. This one is a mislabeled dessert. This says crunchy vegetable salad. <laughs> I posted it to Facebook and said, okay, you finally convinced me, I'm gonna eat salad. Salad. This is the kind of salad I want. I got more responses to that <laughs> than probably anything I posted for the past couple of years. Um, either that says something about what you think of me or other people want to have that kind of salad. What was, the, what was the other one here? Oh, yeah, this one was just the other day. A little romantic vignette. I don't know how to say this. Just say it. Worcestershire, Worcestershire. I, I still can't say. How do you say this, Joanne? You know how to say it. You're from New England. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Yeah. Why don't they spell it like that? Well, because they got it from England and they spell it wrong there. So I say it. Wrong. I don't know how to say this. 
I posted one the other day that was really silly. Substitute the word Roman for the word woman in any song. Seriously, dozens and dozens of people having fun with this. You're always a Roman to me. I, I, I don't know why this is funny, but I posted it. <laughs> so if we all told, just told some jokes more often, the world would become a happy place full of snickers and giggles, right? Uh, maybe a bit more, but not really. For one thing, what makes one person snort their morning coffee? <laughs> That's kind of my goal in life, to make everybody in the world snort their morning coffee. What makes one person do that deeply offends someone else. And now we live in a culture that takes offense very, very easily. Yep. We've lost much of our sense of humor. And we have replaced the laughter that heals with a laughter that hurts. Yep. And you know what? What makes us laugh says an awful lot about who we are. Yep. And much of what the world is laughing at these days is sarcasm, put-downs, and snark. Do you, know, do you know snark? You know that word? It's a, <laughs> it's a smug tone or attitude. It's the sense, I'm better or smarter than you and I'm going to let you know. And it gets a lot of applause from people who share that same smugness about something. But it's really demeaning to those at the end of the, at the, the put-down. So I've been trying as hard as I can to avoid even the inadvertent snark, particularly in my humor. Because there's a part of me that can tap into that. I've not always been successful with this. I committed snark online two weeks ago. I made a response. I, there was a meme that just bugged the daylights out of me from a so-called Christian theologian. It was, about, it was about women. It was about the role that women, Christian women should play. And uh, so I posted it and I gave a response that at the moment I thought was funny. And the member of my extended family took offense. Oh my. And well, I concluded eventually that he would have taken offense no matter what I had said about it. When I reread it through his eyes, I concluded that how I said it added a little bit of injury to the offense. So I apologized to him and I posted an apology to Facebook, to which a lot of people were very gracious and said, Tony, it wasn't offensive at all. Okay, but this stuff matters. And we got to really work hard at it these days because um, uh, it's dicey, it's hard, it's nuanced anymore. How did we end up in such a place? How did we get here? Where we have to watch our words so carefully all the time. Where offense is so easily given and taken. Where healing laughter has become a bit rare. Yeah. And we have some more questions for you. If we're ever gonna recover our good humor, how do you like that use of the phrase? Where do we find it? What is its root? Well, the answers to those questions will surprise most people. Particularly, maybe not you, but, but people out in the world. Laughter is rooted in joy, which, of course, is rooted in God. God. God's always the answer. God is <laughs> God's always the answer. So, does it sound heretical to think of God as the original comedian? Yeah, there's a Bada quote bum. I found online. H.L. Mencken. God is a comedian playing to an audience too afraid to laugh. Mm. Ooh. Well, I don't think it's heretical at all. In fact, you have no idea how many times in my life when unexpected things happen, they'll make me smile one way or another. And I'll just say to God, you're a real comedian, aren't you? And then, you know what I sense? I sense chuckling. God chuckling. 
um, in agreement. Yeah, so it may seem sacrilegious to some to think about a laughing God who is so full of joy that he gives us, an, uh, he gives us one opportunity after another to laugh with him. But that's the primary way, that is a primary way, that the Bible reveals God to us. The Bible shows us a God who is full of joy, a God who gave the original punchline at the very beginning and has been inviting us to joyful laughter with him ever since. Just think about it, in Genesis, God delights in creating, doesn't he? And then he stands back and it takes his breath away and you know he's smiling, However, however an invisible, intangible God smiles. God's smiling, and he's calling everything that he'd, he'd made very good, so beautiful, and then he takes the whole day off to enjoy it, right? Then throughout the, the Hebrew scriptures, God is continually commanding his people to celebrate. Celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Celebrate break the Feast of the Harvest, and in the church calendar, today is actually one of those feasts. Today, let's celebrate Pentecost. Today's the Feast of First Fruits. Then celebrate the Feast of Weeks. Celebrate the Passover. Celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. Celebrate, people. Celebrate. This is God. Ecclesiastes 10.19 says, a feast is made for laughter. So God makes all these feasts. Why? So God's people can smile, so God's people can celebrate, so God's people can laugh. And what about the greatest feast of them all? The year of Jubilee. A whole, this, oh my goodness. It's, in fact, we spent, what, was it a whole year on Jubilee? Yes. Yes, yes. several years ago. A grand year-long celebration of God's grace, of God's abundance, of God's provision, canceling debts, freeing slaves, not having to tend crops, and getting back lost property. That's quite a punchline, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. And that would have given them right, quite the opportunity for lots of laughter, a whole year of celebration and laughter. Our joyful God made joy mandatory. These, all of these, are commands. We are commanded to be joyful. You know, and yes, we do have challenging circumstances, and though, yes, we can be joyful in those, those sad or difficult times in our lives where we might not be laughing, it still doesn't change the reality that there are countless times when laughter is not only appropriate, it's required of the people of God. You're awful quiet for people who should be laughing. I don't know. See, laughter is not only a response to humor. Laughter is also a response to pleasure, right? We laugh when we're tickled, except when my father would keep tickling like longer than you you wanted him to tickle, right? But we laugh when we're tickled. We laugh when we're surprised. We laugh when we hear good news. We smile when we see something doing clever or someone doing something clever. I I was uh, reading this week of someone who just was talking about their favorite football team. And of course, I don't know the players, 
I don't know the play he was talking about, but he was talking about some play that when he watched it unfolding was so clever and so surprising. He said he, he just jumped up off of his sofa and started laughing. Well, we know it wasn't the we know it wasn't the Eagles. <laughs> Sorry, but we've had those experiences, haven't we? You watch somebody do something, goes, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe they just did that!" Big smile and laughter. How about when we're amazed, just amazed with wonder? And God, you know, God delights when we're serious about joy. Think about it in the scripture. So many times, like when Sarah and Abraham laughed. You know, the angels show, show up and tell them, you know, you too, you're going to have a baby. Sarah, you're going to get pregnant. You're going to have this baby, right? They laughed, both of them, at the impossibility of having a baby in their 90s. I really love these pictures, by the way. Yeah. That, you know, we don't know what Abraham and Sarah looked like, but I get the sense that's probably yes. what the expressions were. But you know what? God had the last laugh, didn't he? when Sarah actually gave birth to that child, whom they named Isaac, and Isaac means laughter. You know, what about David pleasing the Lord by dancing publicly in his underwear, which is what his ephod was, he stripped down, he's dancing in his underwear in front of all of Israel, and he's dancing with all of his might when the Ark of the Covenant was returned to Israel. And you know, the, the joy that's present in the Old Covenant only increases in the New Covenant when Jesus enters the world, right? What? There's a party in heaven. There's a party in heaven that overflowed onto earth in spectacular light with a host of angels and one glorious angelic messenger announcing to the shepherds, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy. And literally in Greek, that says literally mega charis, mega joy. This, is, this baby is going to bring mega joy to all people. And Jesus, as we know, is the full revelation of God. And what does that mean? It means, among other things, that Jesus shows us our joyful God in human flesh and also shows us what God intends for human beings. Jesus must have laughed a lot. He is the likeness and image, right? He is fully divine, joyful, laughing God, and fully human, joyful, laughing humanity. Jesus must have laughed a lot. Just, you know, think about it. There's no record. Israel ever celebrated the Jubilee we just talked about. Here they have this command. They, God tells them, you know, 50th year, you guys take the year off. I've got you. Celebrate. Be joyful. There is no record they ever celebrated the Jubilee. So Jesus came to be the Jubilee. He came to be our Jubilee, to cancel our sin debt, to set captives free, to provide all that we need through his grace, to return us to re a relationship with our creator. And he, Jesus, certainly kept the commandment to celebrate. All of life was a feast to him. He celebrated the feast of life wherever he went. 
He made wine at the wedding feast in Cana. He ate and drank with sinners, sinners, so often. His critics called him a glutton and a drunkard. He welcomed children. This playfulness, this joy. And he spent countless hours praying. We're told he goes off to solitary places. Yeah, and you know what? No doubt, he's spending all those countless hours praying, also enjoying the wonders of creation itself. I love that picture. I love that picture. And there are others like it. The one who created, coming, entering into his creation and experience it, that there would be smile, a smile of joy, that laughter would erupt from him. Oh my gosh, yes. Again and again, Jesus taught, I haven't come to condemn you, but to restore you to God, to restore to you the joy of your salvation. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, blessed are you, right? That whole list, blessed are you. Literally, literally it says joyful are you when you mourn. Joyful are you, joyful are you. Oh my gosh, in John 15, 11, Jesus said, I've said these things to you so that my joy may be in you. He's like Michael Jr. Not to get something for himself, to give something that's already there. My joy may be in you so that your joy may be complete. And you know, even in his suffering, we're told that Jesus was rooted in joy, aren't we? We know the verse. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Again, one of those situations, and we find ourselves in them. We've been kind of in one of those similar um, situations this past year, 12, 14 months worth. That even in the midst of painful, hard circumstances and the cross for him, there is still that settled source in which we're rooted, in which we have hope, right? But the greatest joy of all, I love this, the greatest joy of all was the resurrection of Jesus. If we could hear it, I'm sure God God the Father raises God the Son. Life comes back into him. We don't know what that looked like, but it must have been amazing. His body is transformed for eternity. He sits up, stands up in the tomb, alive. Can you hear the laughter of God echoing through the universe in that moment? And can you see the smile on Jesus' face going, yes, you did it. And you know that laughter of God? It continues on to this day because we're told that there's joy in heaven when anyone chooses to be resurrected to new life in Jesus Christ. See, our God is an outrageously joyful God. And we are created humanity in that likeness and image. So God must want his people to be as outrageously joyful as their creator is. But again, the question is, right, how are we supposed to do that when life's so difficult? Well, Tony's, of course, Tony's going to tell us how. (laughs) What I'm going to start with is 
telling us how we got to the place where we've lost that ability. We lost mm-hmm. our humor. Mm-hmm. The, the problem is that we forgot the punch yeah. of the divine punchline. We forgot that God is joyful. But Joanne took quite a bit of time to go through all scripture because in one sense we need to be remembered yes. that. We don't read that. We don't hear about that kind of God. Mm-hmm. We followed, we being the church over time, followed the lead of the Pharisees and we turned God into a stern cosmic policeman mm-hmm. who jumps in and yells no anytime anyone is having too much fun. Yes. Um, she had a quote from H.L. Mencken a little bit earlier reminding me of another one. He's the one to define Puritanism as the haunting fear that someone yes. somewhere was having a good time. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and some people have applied that to all of Christianity. Yes. You read the comments on social media posts. It's what they think of us, that we are like that. I was raised with a bit of that, to be honest. It's not like my parents and their friends didn't laugh. They did a lot when they were out camping or hanging out at each other's houses, playing Uno. Anyone ever do that? Yeah, my dad Uno. would just, that's the only time I'd see him laugh. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. But when we got to church, we were supposed to be very serious. No laughing in church yeah. was a rule that never quite made sense to me. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> because God wouldn't approve. Really? <laughs> That's not the God of joy that Joanne was just talking about. So instead of bringing healing joy to the world, along with healing laughter, Christians, the people who know a laughing God, have contributed sometimes to a disordering of laughter. Yeah. What do I mean by that? Well, I said earlier that much of the laughter we see out there is sarcastic and demeaning and snarky. It's laughing at people instead of laughing with them. (laughs) (laughs) This little kid shows up in the thousand memes on Facebook, and he deserves it. It's just so cute. But think about it. Even slapstick, which is, um, is a mild form of this, is laughing at other people's misfortunes. The Three Stooges were famous for this. And more recently, and a little bit more amateurish, America's Funniest Videos, week after week, year after year, you can tune in for an hour of people hurting themselves. <laughs> So you can laugh at them. (laughs) And I confess I have. (laughs) But we all know what it feels like to be really laughed at, don't we? Yes. And while each of us individually, we may have matured to the point where we can bounce off of us a bit, or we can laugh at ourselves when we do something silly, when we're young, or when the laughing at us is poking at something really sensitive, it can really hurt. Mm-hmm. It can kill relationships. Mm-hmm. It can actually demolish a person. And I'm speaking here as someone among others who's been in conversation with suicidal people far too often. Here's some good news for you. God doesn't do that. Yes. God doesn't laugh at us. Not like that. God doesn't laugh at anyone. We looked it up. <laughs> uh, Joanne, we man, we looked it up. There's only a couple places in the Bible where the translators imply that God is laughing at someone. But if you dig down into that, in each case, when we looked deeper, what we found was that God was laughing at absurd pretensions. Uh, yeah. The sense of powerful people that I can control my life and control other people. Not realizing <laughs> right. that the humbling experiences of life will happen to all of us. King Nebuchadnezzar ruled the world was out eating grass in the middle of a field a few years later. God laughs at that kind of foolishness, but he grieves for the person. Mm -hmm. 
God does not snark. Mm-hmm. And isn't that awesome? Yes. What God does do is laugh with us at the sheer joy and silliness of life in this world. And there are, Joanne's been talking about this a little bit, there are a thousand reasons to do so every day if we just look for them. Mm-hmm. By the way, studies have revealed that we're, we laugh far more often when we're with other people than when we're by ourselves. Do you realize how much of our conversations are punctuated by one syllable? Ha! <laughs> Actually, studies with people who study this review, it's far more than we think it is. It's just instinctive to us. So maybe God's presence in our lives can help keep us laughing even when there's no human being around. Mm-hmm. Do you see that, God? I do that sometimes. Hey, you do that? Or sometimes it's in reverse. Hey, Tony, look at that. Isn't that hilarious? And God will call my attention to something. And then God and I have a laugh together. Yeah. I believe that God sometimes even laughs for us mm-hmm. in those moments when we are having trouble doing it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Romans 8, Paul speaks about the, the Spirit prays for us in groans that are not quite words. I wonder if some of those groans are giggles. I don't know. <laughs> but maybe it is a gift that we can give to others as well. That what God and we and, and, and I can have, or you and God can have individually, is something that we can give to others. What changed everything for Michael Jr. in the video was when he realized that his humor was not to be used to take from people. Yep. It was not about him, but to give them permission and reason to laugh again, to give something to them, yeah. to laugh again for the sheer joy of it all. Yeah, yep. And now we come to the real heart of this matter, of of laughter rooted in divine joy. And we're going to come to some of the best punchlines in life. Because, you know what? We don't have to work this joy up. We already have it. In Christ, we're given all that Christ is, and that includes his joy. We just read that earlier in John. The question is not, what do we have to do in order to experience some joy? No, the real question is, why do we refuse to experience the joy we already have? Did you know that there are records of early Christians getting so excited about the truth of the resurrection? Okay, so early church, they're talking about Jesus being raised from the dead. And they got so excited that they would begin laughing uncontrollably. This happened so often in the early church, it got a name. They called it Easter laughter. It was the laughter that erupted at, I think, probably the biggest punchline of all, like we just said earlier, the resurrection. Laughter that erupted not just on Easter, but on any day, maybe every day. Because this is the state in which we live. This is our identity. This is who we are, because this is who Christ is. It's available to us no matter what. How wonderful to laugh in response to the punchlines of grace, right? Like the one where we were told that God is angry at us because we're such worthless, depraved sinners. But surprise, here's the punchline. God loves us so completely, Jesus did not come to condemn us. Jesus did not come to count our sins against us, but to die and rise for us so that we can come home to him. In Jesus, God became human to show us he loves us unconditionally and was willing to go to any length 
to bring us back to him, even to the cross and the tomb. Christ really has done it all. That's the punchline. That's what gets us laughing in the face of anyone who tries to tell us otherwise. We just laugh and offer them an opportunity to laugh, to get the punchline, to get the joke themselves. Or how about the one where, where we were, were told that we have to believe all the right things to earn God's forgiveness and acceptance? Surprise, here's the punchline. Salvation isn't about the quality of our faith. It's about the quality of Christ's faithfulness. It's not about what we can do. It's about what Christ has already done. It's not about you being good enough to deserve it because that's impossible and that makes me laugh. Why do we believe that? It's funny that we are trying so desperately to do what we can't do. It's impossible. But Jesus was human. Jesus understands us. So Jesus doesn't want us to be fake. Jesus doesn't want us to try to hide our imperfections. We are accepted as we are. And God invites us to cooperate with the process of being transformed day by day by day. So that every day you can accept yourself and be yourself and maybe laugh at yourself because no doubt God is too. Um, and, and then there was the one where we were told that we have to work tirelessly. You know, we've got to be the ones who bring the kingdom of God to earth. We don't? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're told we're supposed to sacrifice our family and friends, our time, treasure, and talents, right? I heard that a lot. Sacrifice even our, our health on the altar of true discipleship and service to God. Until our lives are completely unbalanced, our bodies and souls are completely exhausted, and life is complete drudgery, right? That's the setup. But surprise, here's the punchline. Jesus shows us the God who provides for the needs of flowers and birds and every one of us, which ought to make us smile, and invites everyone to come to this ongoing, moving feast. It goes wherever we go. Because the feast is Christ and he is with us. He is in us. It's a feast, folks. It's a feast. He invites us into this moving feast that is the kingdom of God, which is already here. And then when we do come, Jesus really does give us rest. When we come to him, these are some of my favorite verses in the message version. Of, of the scriptures and they're familiar because we say them a lot because we need to hear them a lot I think are you tired worn out burned out on religion come to me Jesus says get away with me and you'll recover your life I'll show you how to take a real rest walk with me and work with me watch how I do it learn the unforced rhythms of grace I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Think a little joy is implied in that, a little laughter, some smiling. Yes, and this is fun. I could do this for a long time, but one more. How about the one where we were told that even after we have relationship with God in Christ, we've got to live in fear that any mistake that we make might separate us from God? 
surprise, that's the setup. Here's the punchline. There is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Not even death itself. God has promised us to cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. And God has promised once they're gone, they're gone. And that God will never remember our sins against us anymore. Ever. Outrageous. So wonderful. And yeah, almost like that smile of, is this too good to be true? It's not. It's true. And these are only a few of the best punchlines of grace. And this outrageous grace is the basis of of our ever-present joy and our ever-flowing laughter. So what I'd like us to do is just take an opportunity in this moment, right now, let's take an opportunity to celebrate. You know, we've, uh, we've been in places where they give God a clap offering. How about we give God a laugh offering? <laughs> if you don't, we'll come tickle you. <laughs> it take, but did you see that? It takes a minute, doesn't it? It's like, the older I'm getting, I don't know, maybe I'm just getting senile. If so, senile is something to look forward to. Because I laugh more now than I ever have in my whole life. And yes, Tony, I laugh alone at my house when things happen. I laugh. My dog makes me laugh all the time. And the way she looks at me, I think he laughs at me too. Um, right? Nothing makes us laugh quicker than small children, right. babies. <laughs> right. We showed a video some years ago of a baby just giggling and like all of you guys were just rolling on the floor by I, that point. Because it's contagious. It's contagious. You know, it, so if we keep this up, if we keep making some space to let some laughter come out, remember we know how to laugh, um, our joy may become more infectious than the pandemic. Right? It might offer an antidote to some of, of this rampant fear and this, this insidious, this anger, that's just, and the deadly seriousness of our world. Right? Yes. I wish you hadn't said that. Why? I'm, I'm really, I'm angry. I'm Did offended. I offend you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> It really is a radical thought for us. Think about it this way. What if one of the best ways we can witness to the world about faith in Christ is through our laughter? Absolutely. Let's what be if, the, well, Hosanna, we have this thing. Me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sorry. No, but we had this thing for years that you can always tell when Hosanna people are in a restaurant because yes. they are the rowdiest, loudest people in the restaurant. And everyone's looking at them like, what? But you know what? Secretly, they all want to be at that table. <laughs> it's the truth. When there's a party going on and there's lots of noise and yes. You... This, one's, this one's pretty old one anymore, but th- there was one time a few years ago where a bunch of us went to Barnstormers games together, which is kind of a Hosanna <laughs> thing. And we sat in the non-alcoholic section. But we looked like the drunk ones. We were the rowdy ones. <laughs> People around were like, what's Welcome those to today's Pentecost. <laughs> Welcome to Pentecost. They are not drunk as you suppose. And that would, that would be my paragraph after this one. Thanks. Um, 
know, semi-seriously, <laughs> what if being punchlines is a wonderful way of being Christians? Yes. So, now why are we doing this message this week? It's part of a series on being living witnesses. Being those who have experienced resurrection is something to offer the world as a result. But when we think of witnessing, and we addressed this a few weeks ago, we tend to think of witnessing as giving people tracts, inviting them to church, sitting down explaining the four spiritual laws to them or something of that sort. And not that those things are bad, but most of them are not terribly effective anymore. What if God has already given us one of the easiest and most powerful attractional forces in the universe? Yes. Our joyful laughter. Yes. What if the church were known for that as we once <laughs> were? How many people would want to love a God like that instead of being put off by the God that we are talking about? Someone once said the true expression of Christianity is not a sigh, <sighs> but a song. Yes. Hallelujah. We could add it's not a groan, but a joke. And yes, we, as Joanne mentioned, we lament with people through hard times. That too is part of our witness. And we're going to talk about that in this mm -hmm. series. But, but Christians have got a bit of a reputation for being grumpy and humorless. And so maybe we can start expressing the joy that is within us a bit more publicly and intentionally. St. Augustine once said that Christians should be an hallelujah from head to foot. And the earliest Christians, by the way, did this. So as jo Joanne was just stealing yeah. from my uh, notes here, the, the crowd of people who gathered outside that upper room on the day of Pentecost were drawn by the, the raucous noise of the disciples on whom the Spirit had descended. And that must have included some of that Easter laughter she was talking about. Yeah. Well, we don't always feel like an hallelujah, do we? But it's already within us. The question is not how do we get it, but how do we call forth what has already been given to us, that joyful laughter, the kind that would come bubbling up so easily from inside of us when we were kids. In the midst of all the busyness, all the darkness, all the nastiness of life right now, how do we do that? By recognizing this celebration. Every time we've used the word celebration, by the way, I was thinking of that old 80s, early, like 1981, Cool in the Gang. Celebrate good times, come on. <laughs> I went to a Christian youth. <laughs> I went to a Christian youth event about that time, and I was raised where you know that secular music was bad, and and they were singing this as a worship song, and I was offended <laughs> for about thirty seconds until I decided that that was a really cool song, <laughs> and that God was worth celebrating. Anyway, um, you don't have to throw a dinner party. Celebration comes in many different shapes and sizes. You don't have to throw a dinner party for a hundred of your closest friends. If you do, by the way, I want to be your friend. Um, you don't have to do that to have a reason to laugh. Yep. All you need to do is look around every day and life will give you those reasons to remember the joy that you have inside of you. Mark Buchanan wrote a book called Your God is Too Safe. It could be, maybe we'll write a follow-up, Your God is Too Serious. Describes joyful celebration as the way we bring a small part of heaven to earth. He said, celebration is the practice of lifting our eyes from our preoccupation with all the work we have to do. He's like he's watching me at home, you know. <laughs> this is what I do. My to-do list is never to done. Um, and the trouble we're in and the money we owe and the reputation we strive to keep, to keep. It's training ourselves in the midst of and in spite of all that may be amiss. And much is amiss. Mm -hmm. Training ourselves to see heaven. Yes. 
It's a discipline of setting joy before us, like Jesus did, so we may throw off everything that hinders and run the race marked out for us. Mm -hmm. And if we can do that, witnessing can be really fun. (laughs) It can consist of an awful lot of nudging others to notice where heaven is showing up on earth. Did you see that? I just got an image of of, uh, being in downtown Lancaster, where there's usually street preachers, especially on First Friday. If they were doing like a comedy act instead, people wouldn't be walking by them. Oh. Right? Yeah. Tell some jokes. Make yeah. them laugh. Yeah. Because this is who God is. I know. Pointing out to people, my, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Let's sh- see something. Let's share it. Yep. God is so good to let us enjoy something so funny. Yes. One way or another, let our joy burst forth with laughter and make the world wonder who and what it is that we know. Yes. All right, so let's, let's close this, hopefully, so that you can go out on, into this beautiful day and bring the kingdom, bring heaven with you. Question, have you ever thanked God for the gift of laughter? I know we thank God for a lot of things. Have you ever consciously, intentionally said, thank you, God, for the gift of laughter? I hadn't. I just thought about this the other day, right? No, I never have. So I think that as we close, this seems like a wonderful thing for us to do right now. What I'd like us to do is just to shout this out to God together, to say thank you, God, for the gift of laughter as our prayer of gratitude to God. Ready? One, two, three. Thank you, God, for the gift of laughter. And I'm going to keep praying. And God, we're also asking you, teach us how to laugh well. Even when there's tears in our eyes, teach us how to live in joy, how to be rooted in the joy of of, of our Savior and the joy of our Lord that is our strength. Lord, teach us how to laugh with others, not laugh at them. Teach us how to experience this joy for ourselves and then release it to release this deep, abiding joy of of Jesus who's already in us, the joy of the Spirit, so that we might not keep all the joy to ourselves, but share it and, and Give others around us every opportunity for joyful laughter. Lord, teach us how not to use humor to get something for ourselves. Like to put other people down, to try to convince ourselves that we're more clever than everybody else or that the witty banter proves anything other than the smallness of our hearts. God, help us not to use humor to get something, but to use humor as you do, to give away what we already have and share it with others. So that maybe, Lord, just all all of us might come out of hiding. That we might be able to come out of hiding in a world where we're afraid. That we're going to be put down, we're going to be Stoned, we're going to be embarrassed, we're going to be insulted. God, just allow us to come out of hiding and take off our fig leaf costumes, Spider Man or otherwise, 
And help us to remember how to smile again. Help us remember how to be childlike again as we're being healed and made whole, as we're learning to trust you, God, and to trust faith again, as we're learning to love the world and everyone in it again, as, as, as we're choosing to keep your commandments, to enjoy the feast of life like Jesus did, and as we're inviting everyone that we meet to the party. And doing that not simply with our words, but with our wholehearted love and our lighthearted laughter. God, teach us how to be your punchlines in this world. Amen. And amen. amen. And I know something about you all. I know that now that you have permission to do it, you're going to do it. And this is going to be so much fun. Um, I invite you to say amen. And you say amen. And then around the room, there are these smiley face party toys. Like you blow them, they have smiley faces as a reminder to laugh. <laughs> we, were hoping, we were hoping they made noise. I was we're hoping Hosanna. they made noise, they don't. But, but it's the idea, it's just a reminder. Take one of these, they're all around, just grab one. Take it with you as a reminder to celebrate God's kingdom party this week and invite everyone you know, right? Amen. Keep honoring each other. Blessings. <laughs>